come and sing this morning, let me just quickly say, I want to emphasize the Christmas parade. That will be this Saturday. That's always a big, big day. Uh, we always appreciate representing in the parade. Uh, the Hoovers are taking care of the uh, float this year. Brother Sam's been working on it, and so we appreciate them. But with that being said, we need a lot of candy to come in because we put tracks and candy in a bag. We hand that out. And sometimes we've given up to 900. So I want you to make sure you're bringing the candy in. You can bring it in, put it in the church office. That would be a great blessing, a great help. Please be here no later than 1030 Saturday morning. If you want to help, we've got to put the bags and stuff together. That goes really quickly. Uh, the thing starts at noon, and we'll try to get everything lined up, and we'll go over there. Uh, they don't like you parking over there because the, the parking is minimal. We start over at the church, over at the school, elementary school, so we can get you over there by our vehicles. But uh, we'd love for you to be a part of it. If you want to be a part of it, just sign up in the back. Please note we've got uh, children that wants to ride on the float to mark themselves there, but also all of the folks that's going to be walking. If you're wanting to come and be a part of it and not walk but you want to ride, just put your name back there and put ride beside it, and then we know what size bus or vehicle to put in the parade. Keep in mind, we're representing our church, church. And so with that being said, I know it possibly could be cold, but just keep in mind, we're representing our church, and I'm not going to say a lot about that today, but I'm going to talk a lot more about this in the future. But I truly believe that it's so very important, the way we represent our church, how important that is. In the community, and, and so I, I believe that with all my heart. We'll talk more about that, but uh, keep in mind, if you're going to be walking with us, uh, obviously, I don't even know what the weather will be, but to dress warm, but to, we want to represent our church well, amen? So keep that in mind, and uh, we will uh, be back here in just a minute. I'm sorry that I've had to do much talking this morning, Brother Don and them, but we just had so many announcements, and uh, I appreciate you being patient. And then here in a second, you got to hear me preach, so I'm sorry, church. But for right now, we get to hear this lovely choir of angels sing, angels we have heard on high. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply, echo back their joyous strains, Oh, 
Come to Bethlehem and see Him whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the newborn King. Christmas play that night. Yep. Sounds good to me too. And uh, that's beautiful. Acapella. Y'all know what it means to acapella. That means no piano or organ. That was beautiful. Well, are y'all going to be a tough crowd this morning? Appreciate it, Brother Jim. Just keep chirping right over there in my left ear. I need it this morning. And uh, so let me try it one more time. Are y'all going to be a rough crowd this morning? Good. Some of you need to help me a little bit this morning. You need to put a smile on your face. Y'all know why? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes. If you can't smile and be joyful during Christmas, something wrong with you. That's right. right? And that's the message this morning, the most wonderful time of the year. Y'all want me to get y'all to laugh a little bit? Y'all want me to sing to you? No. Appreciate that. <laughs> now you can be quiet, Brother Jim. That was too loud. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Why is it the most wonderful time of the year? Well, you know, let me just read that to you real quick. I pulled it out. That's what I'm going to preach on this morning. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Before we open up our Bible, it's the most wonderful time of the year. With the kids jingle-belling and everyone telling you be of good cheer, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. Y'all know the song? There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow unless you live in the south. 
long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be much mistletoeing, and y'all better be careful with that mistletoeing. And hearts will be... I thought y'all wasn't going to be a hard crowd this morning. I'm going to say this just a minute. If you can't laugh, something's wrong. Now look, I just went through the roughest times of my life. Period. Hands down. Hands down. But I want y'all to know something. God is good. And He works. He gives victory. He gives strength. He gives peace. He gives hope. He gives joy. And I refuse to think that Jesus Christ, look, have your time where you might struggle a little bit, but I want to tell you something. If you're a Christian, He will work for you and put a smile back on your face. There might be tears in the night, but I want to promise you this, the sun comes up in the morning. And I've refused to think that Jesus Christ has given us a life to not, we can't even smile and we can't even rejoice and we can't even laugh. So there's my preaching this morning. Yes. Look, church shouldn't be just a somber place. It ought to be a place of joy, happiness. I mean, if anybody's got a reason to be happy, it's us. How many of y'all know Jesus Christ is your Savior? Can I help all of you? It's going to be all right. We're going to be on the winning side. We just got to wait. We're already there, but it's coming. We're going to ride on them white horses. He's already given us victory. He's already told us this this life sometimes going to be tough. It's sometimes going to be dark. It's sometimes we're going to have medical issues. There's going to be times that we're going to get hurt. But I want you to know something. The Lord Jesus is real and His peace and His victory and His forgiveness is true. So everybody here, if y'all going to be a hard crowd, you can't be now. It is good preaching. It's not even because I'm doing it. We need a good old-fashioned revival in our churches of people just having the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord, not just bless me if you can. Joy of the Lord. Now look, I just went through, look at me. I'm just going to share with you. Went through one of the roughest periods of my life, and I'm 48 I'm being honest with you. I'm being completely transparent and open and honest with you. I'm as human as anybody is human. But I want you all to know something. He still works. He's real. He helps us. And that's all I want to do this morning is be a help and be an encouragement and be a blessing to you. And sometimes we cannot be a greater help or a blessing until we are absolutely broken and even deepened further. So when I say that this is going to be the happiest time of the year, I want it to be the happiest time of the year. And I just said, y'all need to watch that mistletoe. <laughs> and hearts will be glowing when loved ones are near. It's the most wonderful time of the year. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. And tales of the glories of Christmas is long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And we know this. 
Christmas time is a special time. And we know that this is how the world or our culture or our society sees and views Christmas. We know that it's about parties and it's about, and by the way, I'm not against parties. And, and, we, and look, and, and Christmas time is special because we, we're able to be with family. And by the way, family is precious. I do understand that also during the holidays, during the Christmas time, yes, there's a little bit, and I'm, I, I want to I give, give recognition to this because I believe it's true. We're all human. I believe there's always a little bit of sadness during the holidays if someone we love is no longer with us. We're human, aren't we? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I think about my grandparents. I think about being able as a child, as a child, Kim and I, our life never changed for years. Both of our sets of grandparents lived all the way up till we were young adults. And every Christmas, we were able to spend time with both of our grandparents. They were able to be alive. And I remember all of the joys of that, all of the memories of that. And now today, I realize there's empty chairs. Things change. We're human. So yes, that touches our hearts. And yes, we we miss people that we love and... And so I want to give room for that. That, That's being human. But at the same time, it's still the most wonderful time of the year because God is still allowing us to be alive. And there'll be a day, church, that my chair will be empty. If the Lord tarries His coming, my chair will be empty. My family will probably say, and it'll be a whole lot quieter holidays around the house. But the truth is, we know that the Christmas time is the most wonderful time of the year. And it's not just, and by the way, we should emphasize family. And we love the Christmas trees, and we love all the decorations, and I love the Christmas music, and I love the spirit. Yes, it is the most wonderful time of the year for all of those things, but it's really even the most wonderful time of the year for even greater things than that. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Because it's the time of the year that we celebrate that a Savior has come. Would you look with me, and I know this is a very well-known passage of Scripture, we'll hear it a lot this month, but would you turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter number 2. In church, I'm just being who I am. Someone came to my house yesterday and I've never claimed, I, I don't claim to be a great preacher. I know I'm not. But someone said yesterday, when you speak, it comes from the heart. And I want you to know, what I just gave you just a few moments ago came from my heart. And it wasn't just for you, it was for me. It's easy to lose our joy. It's easy to lose our laugh. It's, it's, easy. it's easy for this world and the hurt and the frustration to help us to lose our happiness and joy. Including me. So as you think maybe I'm preaching to you, no, really, I'm preaching to me because I want you to know something. This culture, this world, Satan, sin, loves for Christians to lose their joy and to be despondent. But we got to fight out of that stuff. So, Pastor, what have you been doing the last couple of months? I've been fighting for my life. 
couldn't give in to it. You know why? Joy does come in the morning. If I didn't have Jesus, I don't have anything. His promises are real. His promises are true. And it is the most wonderful time of the year, not because, yes, we're going to be able to spend time with family. Yes, we're going to be able to have good meals. Yes, I love Christmas caroling. Yes, I love the parties. Yes, I love the spirit and the attitude of the month of December. But greater than that, a Savior has come. A Savior has come to give us hope where we have no hope. To give us help when we don't have any help. That's why it's the most wonderful time of the year. Because we find here in Luke chapter 2, if you'll begin reading with me in verse number 6. Luke 2, verse 6. The Bible says this, And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And they were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Heavenly Father, I come to you this morning realizing my inability But Lord, I understand your ability. I pray that you'll help fill me today that I might be able to speak as of the oracles of God. Well, thank you for what you do, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You say, Pastor, why is it the most wonderful time of the year? I just read it to you. Could you imagine? Now think about this, and as Brother Clay extremely explained last week as you do study about these shepherds they normally were either family members or they were criminals they were a very lowly bunch of people in that day it wasn't like a position that you know was one of great standing in society so here's what's amazing to me the Lord showed up to that group aren't you glad The angels showed up to that group and announced to this group the shepherds in a dark field with no light. Now, I know we have a hard time contemplating that because we live in America and everywhere is lights. But the best way I can explain that is when you go to Africa and you go outside of the bush, you go outside of a town or a little village, you've never seen pitch black. No lights for miles and miles and miles. And as we were driving out there in the bush one day to to go and to do a cinema they had set up a big white sheet up on a building or they'd hang it from a tree and they'd have a, a, an old projector there and they'd shoot a film up on that sheet. And I mean hundreds, thousands. There was one meeting where thousands of Kenyans had walked there. They knew they were showing a film. Plus they also knew that there was going to be a, a white man there. 
And in, in, and in Swahili, it's, it's Mzungu, Mzungu, Mzungu. I mean, that's what a white man is. So many of those people have never seen a white person. So they come running up to you. They, they love to touch your hair. Because your hair doesn't feel like they're... And they, and, and, and they just keep wiping because they just think they're going to wipe that off. Sorry, buddy, it ain't coming off. But there was thousands there. But I've never seen darkness like that in my life. Driving out through there... No lights at all. And then all of a sudden, this and this is exactly what I thought of. I thought of Christmas night, what we celebrate when light just appeared out of darkness. Because they didn't have electricity in this day. So all of a sudden, this great light showed up at these. And no wonder the angel said to them, be not afraid, because it scared them to death. Yeah. And when I drove into that place where they had that sheet and that projector, it was the only light. You could see that thing for, once you got it, like miles close to it, man, you could see that in the pitch dark in Africa. You could see that projector's light on that white sheet. And I thought of the night that the angels showed up in the pitch black to these shepherds and gave them the greatest news that mankind has ever heard. And to all people that he showed up to, it was these shepherds. And these angels had a story, and basically they told the world that day, then and now, why that this was going to be the most wonderful time of the year. It's right in the text. They tell us why it is the most wonderful time of the year. Why is it the most wonderful time of the year? The angels told us, number one, that they have good tidings. So first of all, I want you to know it's the greatest time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year, because we can emphasize good news. Now, y'all know what the gospel means. Y'all know what that word means, the gospel? That's what it means, the good news. Y'all ever heard that little old song that we used to sing, children? Good news, good news, Christ died for me. Good news, good news. Y'all ever heard that song? A few of you. Why? Where did that song come from? You ever heard that, Brother Jim? We need to get that. I can remember at Riverview, uh, Larry Deeds and Mr. Pilkington, they had that, the good news sign up, and it was a children's song. Good news, good news. Why is it good news? Why do we have good news? Why did the angels tell us that we have good tidings? Because a Savior has come. Amen. We have good news. During the Christmas season, we have a story to tell. We have good news. I know, I know, I know. I know what the news tells us. Very rare do we hear good news on the news. Very rare do we hear good news on the television. And here's what's sad. It's very rare that we even hear Christians telling good news anymore. Most Christians I run into want to say bad news or talk about, did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? Did you hear about this? But during the Christmas season, it's the most wonderful time of the year because the angels tells us we have good tidings. We can emphasize good news. Y'all think about it. What could we be telling people this year? What can we be telling people during this Christmas season? We can tell them, look, we can be joyful. We can be happy because a Savior has come. That's why we're celebrating Christmas. Good news. The gospel. You can be saved. You know that this morning. I had a funeral yesterday. Miss Linda Eller. We love Miss Linda, don't we? She loved all of us. I'll tell you right now, we... We had a funeral for a real, real, real champion as far as I'm concerned. 
Miss Linda was faithful even when she didn't feel like it. And uh, I'm going to be honest. I know that at most funerals, people want you to talk about the people. And I think it should be. I think the person should be honored. But to be honest with you, there's really not much a preacher can say about someone. They can only either emphasize what they've lived or who they are. And Miss Linda lived her life. So it was an easy message for me to get up and talk a little bit about Linda because Linda had already talked her life and all I did was just emphasize some things that I recognized. But I want you to know something. I believe even greater than going to a funeral to talk about the one that is deceased, we better get to Jesus. We better talk about Jesus. Why? Because Jesus is the Savior of the world. Here's the good news this year during Christmas. You can be saved. Corey, are you glad you got saved? I know it is. It's all over your face. There's a difference, man. When somebody gets saved and they understand the joy of salvation, you can't help but see it on their face. Why? That's good news. How many of y'all remember the day you got saved? You know what you need to do this Christmas season? Find somebody and tell them about the day you got saved. Tell them the story. Can you remember it? Tell them. Why? Because why? A Savior has come. We've been given good tidings. We ought to be emphasizing the good news. That's why it's the most wonderful time of the year. Emphasize good news. Don't emphasize bad news. Don't emphasize all the dread. Have y'all noticed? Can I give y'all some more good news? Have y'all noticed that gas prices has come down just a little bit? But you know what? I ain't heard a soul say, thank you, Lord. I ain't heard a soul say, oh, gas prices come down. But man, I'll tell you right now, I've heard everybody talk about when they went up. Come on now. Thank you, Lord. Man, it don't take 60 bucks to fill up my truck tank. I mean, look, if we can't get excited about the little things, let's talk about good news. Now look here, I just told you some good news. Gas prices has come down and you can be saved. That's pretty good, ain't it? Is our country what it should be? Absolutely not. But I want to tell you all something right now. God's still good. And he's still on the throne and we still got some good news. And so we need to emphasize good news this Christmas. Y'all know what reporters are. I, I remember, you know, a few years ago, a tree fell in my mom and dad's house. I happened to go outside 30 minutes later. There's a news reporter out there. I'm like, dear Lord, do they not have anything else better to cover? Well, I had a hat on. It happened to be an Alabama hat, and I don't know why. But I said, well, look, they done went and got the neighbor, and she done poured it on so thick. So finally, the reporter asked, can I talk to you? I said, well, somebody's got to bring some kind of sense to this. It's a trade. I had a hat on because I was over trying to help get the stuff out of the yard. Next thing I know, the, the cameraman looks at me. He said, don't look at the camera. I said, well, you're interviewing. He said, don't look at the camera. I said, well, then you're not interviewing me then. He said, don't look at the camera. I was like, why? He said, because of your hat. <laughs> I'm preaching here. 
He didn't know a winner when he sees it. Hey, and, uh, and by the way, that's all in fun too. Certainly no one would get upset over a football team. Certainly no one would get upset over that. It's just football. We, we have a good time with that. Some people are right. Some people are wrong. Some like winners. Some like losers. All in good fun. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And I thought, I mean, y'all coming out here. And so then I watched it. I watched it on the news. And you'd have thought our neighbor thought someone died at the house. She's bringing flowers over. And man, that reporter made that tree sound like it had just caused so much problems to my mom and dad. And I thought, you know what? That's what the world thrives on. Bad news. But I want y'all to know something. This Christmas season should be the most wonderful time of the year because we are about good news. We got good news. Y'all got hope. I got hope. You might be in the fight of your life, but I got help for you. The Lord Jesus will help you through it. I promise you. You say, Pastor, somebody tell you that? No, he told me that. He's proved himself. We got hope. We got good news. Hey, not only was it the greatest time of the year, the most wonderful time of the year, because the angel said that we've got good tidings, but notice this. Notice the next word. Good tidings of what? Great joy. You know why it's the most wonderful time of the year during the Christmas season? Look at verse 10. Because of joy. We can have joy. Now what's joy? I got joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart. I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Where? Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the love of Jesus in my heart. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I've got the joy of Jesus in my heart. Y'all got it? Y'all know why you can have it? Because it's the most wonderful time of the year. Now wait a minute. I didn't say we were happy all the time. Y'all know why happy and sad is different. That's not joy. You know what? I have been sad. You have been sad. I have been happy. You have been happy. Those are emotions and happiness determines is based on happenings. We have this idea because someone's crying or they're struggling or they're hurt that they're no longer spiritual. That's not true. We're human. We're going to hurt. We're going to struggle. We're going to have to have some time. There's things sometimes that hits us. That's happenings. Our happiness might be affected because of something that has happened. That's not joy. Joy is even when you're hurting, even when you're struggling, even when you know that it's there, that you still know that Jesus is going to get you through it. That's joy. See, joy is something that's not taken away because of something that's happened. 
Joy is what Jesus gives. Joy is what we have and it remains because Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our future is bright no matter what's happening here. Joy. By the way, I believe that's where those happy tears come in. As I was growing up in church, I always sat beside my mother. And my mother, many times, would be sitting in a church service and she'd start to cry. Well, as a boy, I would be concerned because that was my mother. She was crying. And I only knew of crying as one emotion, that you were sad. And my mother would look at me and I'm like, Mom, why are you crying? And as a little boy, she'd look at me and she's like, Mark, these are happy tears. Y'all ever had them? Happy tears. Y'all know what happy tears are? That's joy. That means you might be sad. That might mean that you're dealing with something that's about to break you. But you know that Jesus is still there. And you might be crying because your emotions are affected and you're hurting. But there's also happiness there because you know Jesus is going to sustain you through the night. Happy tears. Joy doesn't change. That means in the darkest of your night, the devil cannot steal your joy. People cannot steal your joy because your joy is, remains as long as Jesus stays the same. By the way, I want to help everybody here just a second. If you got saved, you're always saved. If you got saved, if you by faith trusted Christ your personal Savior, you entered into a relationship with Him. That relationship never changes. Now your fellowship might change. My son and daughter sat here. They're my children. They'll always be my children whether they get married or not. Their name might change. And it better be a good little while before somebody's does. I think somebody's bit. And I'm happy about it. But Kaylee might get her name changed. Kaylee might even, Kaylee might even, Kaylee might even. <laughs> Sorry, Kaylee. I got stuck there. Just... Kaylee would never do this. Kaylee might get her mad at her dad and say, well, I'm, I'm going to not only change my name, but I'm going to tell everybody you're not my dad. She'd never do that, I don't think, would you, Kaylee? But here's what's truthful about that. She can go and do that all she wants, but you all know what the truth is. I'm still her dad. And see, when we get saved, he's still my dad. That relationship never changes. Now, Kaylee might not want to talk to me, and our fellowship might be broke just for a little short period of time, but I'm going to tell you right now, our relationship will never change no matter what I or Kaylee does. And it's the same when you trust Christ as your Savior. Your relationship never changes. You know what that brings us? Joy. So we can emphasize good news during this wonderful time of the year. We can emphasize joy. The angels told us that we can that night. 
But then can I say this? I'm going to close on this one. I want to finish tonight. The most wonderful time of the year because we can emphasize giving. We do emphasize giving. How many of y'all have already bought a gift for Christmas? Would you raise your hand? Absolutely. Why? Because Christmas is about what? Giving. Now who taught us that? Who taught us that Christmas is about giving? Who finally come up with the idea that we're supposed to put a Christmas tree up, put a bunch of presents around it, and give and spend $2,000 a year giving everybody Christmas gifts? Now, I don't know about y'all, but I mean Christmas is a, is a big time of year for revenue for people because if you buy for 20, 40 people, it gets up there, right? Who taught us that? Why, why is that spirit there during the time of Christmas when no others? Why? Why? The angels told us this night. Why? Y'all know why? Because the greatest giver gave. Y'all hear me? The greatest giver gave. Now let me paint the story real quick. Here's what's amazing. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the triune God, one. They're one. And you say, well, Pastor, I don't understand that. Well, you're one, but you're three. See, people have this idea. Well, how can a God be three and one? Well, how can a human be three and one? You are. You have a body, you have a soul, and you have a spirit. All three of them have different functions. You have a body. That's what relates to the environment around you. You should be able to have five senses. And most people do. And that's how you enjoy the environment around you. You have taste, you have feel or touch, you have smell, you have sight, and you have hearing. God has created us to be able to enjoy in our physical body the things of this life, the things of this world. They're physical, but then we have a soul. There's the part of me that cries. That's the part of me that's happy. That's my intellect, the way I think. It's my emotion. It's my will. God has created us a soul. Then He has created us a spirit. And that's how we relate to God. That's why so many people, they're searching for things to fill that void in their life and you'll never fill it without Jesus because God has created us with a spirit that should relate to God. Those are three different distinct pieces or parts of me that you cannot separate. So I'm three in one, so are you. But God, three in one. Wanted pleasure in life. You know what? He decided to create man. And by the way, He created man. You know why? The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that He created us for His pleasure. Now, I don't understand that. People that's broke His heart and people that's turned from Him all these years. How can I or you bring Him pleasure? But that's why He created us. And He gave Adam and Eve one simple rule. Just one. One law. One rule. One boundary. Said you can eat of everything of this perfect utopian world, but stay away from this one tree. You say, well, Pastor, I don't believe it. I do. I believe the Bible account of creation. Wholeheartedly. It ain't a theory. It's the truth. And He created those 
humans to be in fellowship with him. He enjoyed being with them, but he told them, you cannot eat of this tree. Eve was beguiled. By the way, before we give the women a rough time here, and we could. She was beguiled. Listen to me. Adam did it on purpose. He wasn't beguiled. And the Bible said the moment that they broke God's law, they seen themselves for who they were. And at that point, God realized that something had to be done. And here's what's amazing. He loved those ones that he created for his pleasure so much. He knew at that moment what would have to be done. He knew Christmas was coming. He knew. He even knew before then. But he told the whole world in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15 that there was a Christmas coming. And the reason the Christmas had to come is because the people, the humans that he created out of love had sinned and rejected him and they had become unholy. They had become sinners. They had become imperfect. And you know what? He devised a plan to make them whole again. I just thought y'all get excited right there. Because you know normally when something's broke, If someone really cares, they'll try to fix it. But if they really don't care, they won't fix it. He loved us so much, he fixed it. Because we couldn't fix it. That's why Christmas is coming. The greatest giver gave. You know what he gave? Himself. Can I ask y'all a question at Christmas? How many of y'all are going to jump in a box? Or wrap a bow around your head and come to your wife or your family and say, okay, here's your present. Your wife would fall over dead if you said, okay, babe, I'm yours. I will be yours forever. I will do whatever you ask me to do. With a smile on my face. Oh, you've got honeydew list? Oh, you need the trash taken out? Oh, you need clothes put in the hamper? Oh, you need that room remodeled? Oh, you need that car fixed? Oh, you need that cabinet that's been broke for three years for me to fix it? You want me to run the vacuum? You want me to do the dishes? How many of you women are feeling good right now? Oh, honey, I'll clean the house. You just lay there and eat food in bed. Oh, baby, I'm your gift this year for Christmas. I've never known if anybody doing that. Except one. The very first Christmas, the Lord Jesus Christ gave himself for all of us. Because we were broke. He fixed us. That's why he came to this earth. Lived a sinless life for 33 and a half years. That's why his disciple Judas betrayed him with a kiss. That's why that very night when he was in the garden Gethsemane, the Bible said that he was sweating his great drops of blood. I'm going to tell you all something right now. I've been fighting for my life the last few years, but I'm going to tell you this. I wasn't so stressed that I was bleeding and sweating blood. 
The Bible tells us the night at Gethsemane, the Lord Jesus Christ sweat as great drops of blood. Do you know there's a medical condition when someone is under such stress, under such worry, under such pain, that their capillaries in their body can burst and they do actually bleed? It's very rare. It happens very rare. But I believe our Savior that night in Gethsemane knew as a man what he was getting ready to face. He knew that the very ones that He created was going to pluck the beard out of His face. The ones that He created for His pleasure was going to pluck the beard out of His face. The very ones that He died was going to die for was nailing nails in His arm. Those. The very ones that He was hanging on that cross for was sitting there parting His raiments and making fun of him. And when he asked for a drink, they gave him vinegar. He died for them. And we can't even help someone that we say we love. All through his crucifixion, he loved the very ones that was taking his life. You know why? Because they didn't just take his life. He gave His life. That's why this is the most wonderful time of the year. We don't have a God that was obligated. He gave Himself. You know what amazes me? He did it for me. And you know who I am? I'm a pathetic, pitiful sinner. Y'all hear me. I know who I am. So, Pastor Mark, have you always given God pleasure? No, I've probably broke his heart more times than not. But here's why it's the most precious, most wonderful time of the year. He loves me anyway. You know why I know that? Because he gave for me. And he just didn't pay money. He didn't throw money at it. He didn't say, here, Mark, go buy you something to make you feel better. No, he gave himself. The greatest gift. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't know how about you. I don't know about you. If you know this Savior, I don't know why you can't think this is the most wonderful time of the year. How many of y'all know somebody? I think we all know somebody. They need this Savior. Their life's a mess. They don't have any peace. They have no joy. And by the way, we get mad at lost people all the time, and I get it. They frustrate me. But the truth is, they don't know any better. They really don't. Someone that doesn't have Jesus in their heart, they don't know how to love. They don't care about responsibility. They don't care about things. And by the way, I want you to know something. Jesus makes a difference. You know why? Because he gave. So on Christmas morning, when you open up all those gifts of someone's sacrifice to give to you, I think we ought to take the time this year to realize the greatest gift was given to us. Now here's my question. Have you received that gift? So you can sit there and say, oh, I know Jesus died, but no, have you ever realized he died for you? Have you realized and by faith you've asked Jesus Christ to save you from your sins and by faith you trust Him as your personal Savior because that's why He came to give Himself to save you from your sins. You're broke. I'm broke. 
but Jesus loved us so much, he'll fix it. That's why he came. It's the most wonderful time of the year because we emphasize giving. And the reason we emphasize giving is the greatest giver gave. Now my question to you this morning is, have you received the gift? Jesus Christ is the gift. There's no salvation apart from Jesus. Do you know him this morning? How many of y'all believe it's the most wonderful time of the year? While we're standing under that mistletoe, think of the giver. While we're eating Christmas dinner and we're with all of our family and we thank God that all the chairs are filled for that Christmas. Can we not just for a moment lift up our unworthy heads to a Savior that came and started it all on that first Christmas? He's the reason why it's the most wonderful time of the year. We always have a tradition in our home and in my mom and dad's home. And I know in many of you, I hope you'll, if you don't have this tradition, I hope you'll start it. But before one gift is opened, before one gift is opened, we always try to go to Luke chapter 2 and somebody read Luke chapter 2. Before we open one gift on Christmas morning or whenever you have Christmas, before we open up one gift and be thankful for all those gifts, and we ought to teach our children this, before we open up one gift, we ought to read about the greatest giver and the greatest gift, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we cannot enjoy any of it if we didn't have him. So yes, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Why? Because we emphasize the good news. We emphasize joy. We emphasize giving. Tonight we'll look at three more. But as we close this morning, do or have you received the gift of Jesus Christ? Could we stand to our feet? Could we bow our heads? Could I ask, would you be honest? You say, Pastor Mark, I'm here this morning. And I am 100% for sure. And by the way, if you're saved, you should know it. It's a no-so. It's not a maybe, not a might. It's a no-so. You're assured of it. But you say, Pastor Mark, I'm here this morning and I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. I know I don't deserve it. But I am so glad that yes, there was a time in my life that I trusted Jesus Christ my Savior and by faith I accepted Him as my personal Savior and I have a relationship with Him. And it might not be, maybe your relationship with Him is not where it needs to be, but once you met Him, you know Him as your Savior. By way of just testimony this morning, you say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I am assured of that. Would you raise your hand? You know Jesus Christ. That's wonderful. 
Can I ask you this this morning? You say, Pastor Mark, I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. I don't know for sure if he's my Savior. Is there someone like that this morning? You would just lift up your hand so I could pray for you. Is there anyone like that this morning? You say, that's me, Pastor. I don't know for sure if I die, I'm going to heaven. Is there anyone like that this morning? You don't know Jesus Christ. So based on testimony of everyone here this morning, we know Christ. So can I ask you this question? Will you emphasize good news this season? Will you emphasize joy this season? And will you emphasize giving this season? How many of you know the Lord Jesus Christ has spoken to your heart about something? Something. It might be small, but you know he spoke to you about something. Would you raise your hand? Could I ask you something? What will you do with it? Miss Laura's going to play something on the piano. This is called an invitation. I know many of you know this, but we have an altar down here. If you'd like to come, find a place to pray, please feel free to do so. But if you raise your hand and you know the Lord Jesus has spoke to you about something, why don't you say yes to him right where you stand? Father, we do come to you this morning. We want to thank you for your many blessings. We thank you for your goodness. And Lord, we thank you for these principles, these promises this morning. Lord, I pray you'll help us to enter into all of this. I do realize that we have kind of become numb to some things because of the culture and society that we live in. But Lord, I pray that you'll help us not to be desensitized. to the good things that you want us to enjoy. I pray you'll help us. This is the most wonderful time of the year because the angels told us many, many years ago it's a time of good news, it's a time of joy, and it's a time of giving. And Lord, I thank you for giving us all that we needed in your Son, the Lord Jesus. Thank you for providing the way of salvation. We thank you. We love you this morning. I pray you'll speak to all of our hearts today. Bring us back tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name and all God's people say it. Listen, before you leave this morning, tell two or three people you appreciate them. Don't forget your post office box. Check your uh, folder. God bless you. Have a great, great afternoon.